FM. While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Coast tonight. Hi, besties. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm Jess Machado. Filling in for the boys tonight. Fun fact, every single time I have been at the studio for the past, like, I don't know, week and a half, there is one fruit fly that, like, comes out of nowhere and sits and flies around my face. I can't can't get it to go away. I blow on it. I try to slap it and catch it. It's just here. I'm going to name it. I'm taking name suggestions for the fruit fly that lives here. It's almost like, I don't know, like there's only one. And he's just here every time. Like, how is he still alive? How did he get here? Should I call him Kevin? Anytime there's a squirrel that I like, I feed squirrels at my house. Don't like... Don't say anything, but like, I just like squirrels and I like animals a lot, like bunnies. And we had bunnies in our yard last year in a little nest. And my dog, well, two years ago, my dog dug them up and then gently brought them into the house. Um, and I tried to put them back and they all died. Um, but last year we had a bunch and my dog again got them. And then saved two, three, saved three, brought them in the house. We had a whole bunny operation going in my house. I kid you not. Like I wish, I wish everything I were telling you were not true, but the extent to which I I gave to keep these bunnies alive was pretty ridiculous. We had um, baby bottles uh, that we got for animals. We had formula um, for bunnies. We had heating pads and heating blankets. Um, They were on a every... four and a half hour feeding schedule. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Um, and two, uh, one died right away. Um, the second one died, uh, I think a week and a half later. And the third one lived. And then what's really interesting about baby bunnies is when they get to a certain age, they do not like to be contained at all. And sure enough, it started going nuts. We had it in an old bird cage with the heating blanket and everything. And he was like trying, he was just jumping. And so I had to let him go. And that was tough for me. Um, but we had like this, you know, moment where we could, I have videos of him and everything. Anyway, I named him Kevin. Um, and I named my squirrels Kevin too. But anyway, I let him go and I saw him for like days. He was in my neighbor's yard. I saw him eating. He was tiny. He was like the size of like a softball. Um, so in my mind, the bunnies that are around, one of them is that bunny. One of them is Kevin. <laughs> and I love him. And I call the squirrels Kevin too. <laughs> They're all Kevin. If I could be Snow White, I would. I just love all of the animals. I was, all right, fun. We'll just, we'll keep going on things. Not really the content I think anybody's tuning in for, but last week we went to Freestone's 
for our anniversary, we had a dinner. We went to the bar. Um, after we had dinner, we went there for a cocktail. Uh, like I had like some sort of peanut butter martini, which is not my style at all, but I don't know. I was being fancy. And um, there was a couple there that was talking and I don't know, we just, you know, started chatting and talking. And I think, you know, my husband asked what they did or what they do or whatever. And she was like, we own a farm. And I was like, what's, what's on the farm? And we ended up learning that they um, have cows, like that they, they raise and then they sell like the whole cow to whoever you want to buy a whole cow. So I guess it's like a couple grand and they um, harvest the cow and butcher it for you. And then it all comes packaged in a freezer. And I was just so fascinated by it. I, I watch like these homesteading farms. A lot of them are out obviously out West um, in California and stuff. But I, everybody who knows me knows I want a dairy cow. If I had room for a dairy cow, I would already have one. I want a dairy cow. I just, you can do so much with it. You get like two gallons of milk in the morning and two at night and think of everything you can make with milk from a cow. Like if you take the cream off the top, then you put it in a, a mixer and then you get butter, but then you also get butter milk. You can make cheese, you can make yogurt, you can make everything. It's just so much. <laughs> I want a dairy cow is so badly. I have no space for a dairy cow. But anyway, these people were telling me that they had no experience and that they just started to do this farm and they have chickens and all these things. And I was like, I, I would want that. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Anybody have a dairy cow? I'll just want to come over and milk it and just take my two gallons and be on my way. <laughs> It's a lifelong dream of mine. Um, anyway, welcome back to the last hour of South Coast tonight. I'll be back here tomorrow. Um, does anybody know? I don't know the answer to this. Who's filling in or taking over for Tucker now that he's not on Fox? Because I just don't know. I don't even turn the TV on. So what are they using? What's being filled in? Because Tucker's gone. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. Um, let's go back to... Um, where is it? Do I even have it up or did I get rid of it? Oh, so the poll numbers that are coming out for all of these people that are running for president, um, you know, Trump's got 70% of the GOP votes. That's it. I mean, people, Trump's going to be the nominee and that's it. What I think is a very surprising, um, you know, it's not a result because it's still fluid, but, but Ron DeSantis is not polling well. And I would probably say three months ago, I thought that he was going to be a contender. I think there were a lot of Trump people, myself included, that were kind of like, eh, wait, is is DeSantis kind of like the cleaner, nicer, less um, sexually vulgar version of Trump? I mean, everything that he has done in Florida, you know, appeals to the Trumper and the conservative. He, you know, somewhat almost quietly you know, signed into law that I believe there's no abortion after six weeks anymore in um, Florida. Um, and then the don't say gay bill and all of these things, I, I kind of thought, okay, he's got, he's, he's kind of appealing to the right, the Trump right. He's doesn't have any of the, the drama that Trump has. Um, 
maybe he could be somebody that I could get behind. But his polling numbers are a disaster. As a matter of fact, he's polling a Fox News poll. He's polling him at 21 percent, which is literally only two percent more than what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is polling at 19. And I talked about that last week. But the RFK factor is crazy. Um, I think he can pull Republicans over to his side because of his stance on big pharma and the COVID vaccine and things like that. But for DeSantis to be polling the same as RFK Jr. is crazy to me. Um, we have a bunch of calls. I don't know how to work these. Let's try. Hi, caller. Thanks for holding. You're next. Hello. Hi, you're live. Wow. That was quick. Yes, I know. I don't know how to work this new phone system. So there's no like holding you in the queue. I just go right to it. Sorry. That's that's okay, Jessica. What's going like on? To, um, nice show, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I need, I'd like to bring up a subject that both nauseates me and infuriates me at the same time. Okay. And I know how he talked about it earlier today, and I think he talked about it maybe Friday, and that was the execution-style murder of five innocent people in Texas on Friday. Yes. Uh, the man that did this is a Mexican national. Yes. Which Let's be honest, that's a polite word for saying he's an illegal immigrant. And he was deported four to five times. There right. seemed to be an argument over the, the number of times the man was deported. And when I say execution-style murder, the definition of execution is anywhere above the neck, which means these people either got shot in the face or they got shot in the skull. Right. And... There are columns going on down in Texas, the politically correct, the ripping Governor Abbott, because he had the nerve to bring up the fact that he was an illegal immigrant. Right. And it just upsets me so much to, to, to hear this. I'm like, wait a minute. The man was here illegally. He shot five people. And, of course, the argument always goes to it's the guns, it's not the person. Right. There's, 200 and, there's a manhunt. Of 250 people, FBI, state, federal, looking for this clown. He's probably on the moon for all we know. Right. And God knows he's a danger to the rest of the state and the rest of the country for that matter. Yeah, so I just this, had it, it's a pretty terrible story, actually. Um, and uh, you're right, Howie was speaking about it earlier. This is um, in, in Texas, five people were killed. Um, this guy, uh, Francisco Oropeza, is that how you yeah. say his name? Um, you know, yeah, they he's fled the country, they think he's armed and dangerous. Uh, he's, I mean, this was over, by the way, from what I gather, and I'm going to look into it a little bit more, but I'm pretty sure that he was out in his yard shooting his gun, and the neighbors went over and Correct. said, You know, can you not shoot your gun? Um, there were five people that were killed, and and one was an eight-year-old boy. An eight-year-old boy. Yeah. Totally agree. That's and there were really other just... minors that were there. They were uninjured, but they were covered in blood. Um, yeah, Jeff Erica, certainly a tragic Yeah, I'm trying. I here. think we're it was just to... uh, pulling up a video of it. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy has been deported multiple times. He made his way back in. It's obviously very easy to do under the Biden administration. Um, and nobody's yeah. talking about it. But, but the best thing the best thing the liberals can come up with is uh, total gun control. Take take everybody's guns away. I don't even own a gun, but right. I, but I do support I do support the Second Amendment, even though I don't own a gun. Right. And uh, you know, it's just it's like 
Um, How could you take away a gun from somebody that's here illegally? How do you even know where this person is? How how he he doesn't have the gun legally? He's not even here legally. Yeah, it's more than fair to say this man did not go through an FID. Correct, uh, correct. It's it has nothing to do with the guns. It's it's the people. That's it. It, like I said, I just said the the story is just it's like it's beyond my wildest dreams. I know. And they're going after the governor of Texas over this particular situation. I'm like, I know. He, it's had, terrible. The, he had the nerve to say the man was an illegal immigrant. Yeah. Had no right to be. I mean, how how dare you say the facts? You know, how dare you just say the facts? The guy exactly. was an illegal immigrant and he killed five innocent people. I mean, exactly. yeah, it's exactly. terrible. I've got a couple other callers. Best thank you, no, thank Take you. Care. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, that's an absolutely terrible story. I, I had read it. I knew that there was a little kid that had been involved. Um, I thought they caught him, though, but apparently not. He has not been caught. Um, let's go to the next caller. I'm still not great with these phones, so there's no, no time in between when I put you guys on the air. It's almost like I go automatically. Hi, caller. You are live. Hey, Bestie. How are you? Good. Hi. Hi. Hey, that was me, y'all, working out my hair at the 99, washing dishes. Uh, I want to say hey. You know what? There's a reflection in here, so I kind of see my wall behind me. So it took me uh, a minute to even see anybody there. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. How are you yeah, doing? I'm doing great. You know, staying busy. Yeah. Just like you, I'm, I'm so impressed on how much work you've been picking up lately. Oh, thanks. I'm very blessed. Very lucky. Yeah, you're doing awesome. Thank you. Hey, tell Howie I said, hi, I heard he's back in town, right? Yeah, he came back today. He had his first show back at the studios in Needham today. So he's going to have to adjust uh, and get back. He got a puppy. So he, he was meeting his puppy today, I think. So. Yeah, I heard and well. I think that he has a new grandbaby or something, too. So there's a good reason to come back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, yeah, he might remember me because I made the paper when I worked for Intercom. I was doing the uh, South Boston parade well, i was working for, i was working for mike fm yep and uh he was on the other side of the uh the office with w um rko and i made like front page of the paper and i'm sure everybody in intercom sorry excuse him but no kidding yeah well yeah, i yeah. remember I you i met you i met you at the uh at the sheriff's event right uh, at white's oh yeah 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 yep yeah, all right well, bestie keep up the great work and i'll be listening thanks nice talking to you all right, all right. Take care. bye but that's um, one of our besties. He works um, next door at the 99. I saw him outside. I didn't know. Um, I didn't. It's hard. I couldn't see. <laughs> and then before you know it, there's somebody standing right there. I was like, wait, someone's here. Um, so, yeah, that story out of Texas is is absolutely terrible. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, I just feel like anytime there is any type of like, story that doesn't fit like the the Biden narrative or it's and not even Biden it's anything stories and information get snuffed out all the time it's really why I really love Twitter lately and I I joined right at the not joined I've had my Twitter for a long time I got back into Twitter just before like Elon officially took over and it is the best time there is just no filter of information and I'm going to tell you I don't I follow a lot of people. I see a lot of stuff. Is there stuff on, on Twitter that isn't true or it's just somebody's most like ridiculous take on something? Sure. I see stuff like that on, on Facebook all the time, but I just scroll by it. I just, my thing that I like the most is like, I just get information faster and I, 
I hate to like force people to go on apps and things like that because I hate us being on our phones. But I just think Twitter is is one of the only places where you can get information. I know I'm on Facebook and I share my stuff on Facebook, right? I put up a post today, like I'm going to be on. I just, there's so many ads and so much junk that like, I don't even look at my friend's news feeds anymore. I post for myself because it's more of like a historical documentation of my life. Like I document my kids' birthdays and pictures. It's like a digital photo album, really. That's really all it is. And if I really wanted to, Instagram could be that for me because that's all it is, is pictures there. Um, But Twitter is where I get my information. I get my news. It's where I find like, not, not interesting facts, but just like, I don't know, facts that just don't cross our day-to-day life. I just really, really like it. I'm very grateful for Elon Musk taking over. Um, I've heard that he has cut his staff by like 80%. And he's like, turns out you don't need that many people to run Twitter. Uh, Can you imagine uh, what that place was like? I mean, you certainly don't have people that are dealing with the government anymore and being like that go-between between, you know, the... uh, the FBI and and Twitter shutting down people's accounts, regular average people. It's so ridiculous what was happening there. I mean, I wonder what's going to happen leading into the 2024 election. We know we're going to have Biden. We know we're going to have Trump. What's going to happen? What are they going to do? And And is there, like, is anybody even thinking that Trump will win? Like, I guess maybe a lot of us are just thinking there's no way he's going to win because they didn't let him win the last time, right? And the fact that they just have the audacity to run Biden again, it makes you think that they just don't care. Like, they know they're going to win. But are we really thinking about it? Like, what what would happen if Trump does win again? What's going to happen? How much can he do in four years? We know what he did in 2016 to 2020, but will he be able to accomplish as much or is he just going to be trying to like undo all of the damage that Biden has done? I don't know. My 401k will look better, that's for sure, because it's not, it's nothing. There's nothing in it right now. It's absolutely terrible. And I remember looking at it when, when Trump was in um, office and uh, during COVID, you could take money out of your 401k, like as an emergency, no penalty thing. Um, and I was very much enticed on doing that. I wish I had uh, because I'd have, I mean, it's just, it's worthless. Anyway, um, let's take our break because we need to do that. Uh, the caller that just called in, just hold on a second. I'll get to you in a minute. Um, 508-996-0500. I'm Jess. I'm filling in for Chris and Marcus. And you're listening to South Coast Tonight on 1420 WBSM.
besties. Welcome back to the uh, South Coast tonight. I'm Jess, filling in for Marcus and for Chris. I'll be here tomorrow as well, besties, by the way. Um, I was just getting... Uh, Harden has 34 points um, in this game right now. I don't know. This is five minutes ago. I don't know what the score is. I should change this off here, but it, the Celtics were up 96 to 91, but I'm sure that's changed. I mean, the best part about the Bruins losing is we don't have to worry about, you know, conflicting schedules between the Bruins and the and the Celtics. Um, I've, I've watched video of, um, if you don't follow Barstool Sports, um, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, they they have this room where they watch games and usually you know, it's centered around sports betting and things like that. But um, the guys from Barstool are OG Massachusetts people. Like um, John Henry Feidelberg is from Westport. Well, he's from Fall River, Westport now, I guess. Um, Dave Portnoy is from, uh, I don't know. He's in, from Boston, the suburb of Boston or whatever. These guys are Massachusetts guys. Um, watching John Henry yesterday watch the Bruins lose, uh, like on a video is just tragic. Um, my husband also... Uh, he wasn't angry. He was just stunned. And I, I feel like that is also uh, how like Feidelberg was, you know, he the, stunned, really. Um, I just don't think after the season that the Bruins had anybody expected uh, that they were going to play as poorly as they did in this series. And then um, even if they did, I still think people thought they were going to pull it off. And uh, to watch that game end yesterday, you know, I just can't believe it. I'm, I'm stunned. Uh, I thought this, I thought they were going all the way this year. I just thought it was a, um, it was a, a prolific year. And I just don't think anybody thought that they weren't going to make it. So, um, that's that. I guess it's on to baseball season in the Yankees. Are you guys, <laughs> are you guys watching baseball with this new rule about the pitching times and everything like that? Has anybody felt the difference between watching a game now as opposed to last year when you had unlimited time and now these, these games are moving much faster um, from somebody that watches a lot of the games? Like, do you feel it's making, like, is it doing what they thought it would, which would be to get more people to watch games? Like, are people i'm wondering like what are what's the data what are the statistics is it actually making a difference that people can watch a game faster than before it never bothered me by the way ever i never felt games were too long there's something very nostalgic for me to have a baseball game going on in my house i remember it as i was a kid back when roger clemens was pitching i even at my grandparents house my grandparents would have the red Sox on like the sound of a baseball game is one of my favorite sounds in the world. Uh, so I've never complained. I've never felt. And also, you know, I think baseball games are kind of like those things where you can kind of get up and you can, you know, go grab a snack from the kitchen. You can go let the dogs out. Like, I just don't feel like it's one of those things where you have to really just be sitting on the edge of your seat, like a hockey game and you can't miss a moment. Um, it was my daughter's birthday yesterday. We celebrated officially like on Friday. We, I, she wanted to go to the mall and we went shopping and we did all these fun things. But we did have to have, you know, my kids get to pick what they want for dinner. So she wanted um, chicken parm and then an ice cream cake. And so, 
you know, just as the Sunday day goes on, dinner we had late and then it was time for cake. My husband ate his dinner in front of the TV because he was watching the game. But then at one point I was like, we got to do cake. Like we can't wait until this game was over. And he like reluctantly got up and left the Bruins game to go sing happy birthday. And then the minute it was done and the candles were blown out, he was back in front of the, the TV. You can't miss a second of hockey. I mean, it happens so fast. Um, baseball is slower, but I think it's like it matches the summertime and the heat and this the the tiredness sometimes. I just love baseball, and if you haven't been listening to my show, like you'll you may not have heard this story, but I'm a I was a lifelong <laughs> I was a lifelong Red Sox fan my whole life. Like I grew up a Red Sox fan going to Fenway back back when families could afford to take families of five to Fenway and not have to take out a home equity line to do it. Um, you know, I grew up uh, watching the Red Sox. I uh, like, you know, I, I don't know. I can name a bunch of Red Sox players from when I was, I was like Rich Gedman and Wade Boggs and Dwight Evans. And um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I liked the Red Sox, loved them actually. Had a had a Red Sox hat, green green hat, whatever, fine. And my husband's a Yankees fan. And so, um, and he's like an obnoxious Yankees fan. He's not from New York. He's just an obnoxious Yankees fan. And I blame everybody that was around him when he was younger and he was a kid who gave him a hard time about it because he built up a defense of having to be, um, you know, super obnoxious, defensive Yankee uh, supporter. And it's it's everybody else's fault. I can hardly blame him because he had to really defend himself through the years. But what that bred was a grown man, adult, who wears his jersey just to go to the country store to grab milk. He wants to get in everybody's face. He loves it, loves it when you razz him about his jersey. Uh, he has t-shirts he'll wear out, you know, all the rings that they have. He, if you If you're a guy and you see my husband at Stop and Shop in town or in Walmart, don't talk to him about the Yankees. He lives for it. He loves when Red Sox fans or New England fans talk to him about the Yankees. And um, in my house, he watches all the all the Yankee games. I'm never going to pull the remote from my husband to watch the Red Sox. It's just not happening. He would only watch the Red Sox if the Yankees weren't playing and it was only to like make fun of them. And so... I just felt like I was tired of the environment in the in the baseball season in my house. You know, he was obnoxious and I was like, I just don't want to deal with this anymore. You know what? I'm just going to be a Yankee fan for this season and see how that goes. Um, you know what? We're going to watch it. We're going to get along. I got myself a Yankees hat. I was like, sure. Um, and started watching the games instead of leaving the room whenever he, he had them on. Um, and then... It just so happened to be the season where Aaron Judge was trying to, you know, smash this home run record. Uh, and I got super invested in that. Uh, all of the guys on the team are hot. Giancarlo Santon is dreamy. Um, I just, I got, I got hooked. I got hooked on the Yankees. I got hooked on them. Uh, they're all good looking. They were all big bats. Uh, the Aaron Judge thing, by the way, Aaron Judge is not cute, but the guy can hit a ball and I was rooting for him. And especially as he was getting closer and closer and closer, I mean, it was nonstop. I was texting all the Yankee fans I knew. I was like, one more, you know, if I missed it, somebody was texting me, we got another one. 
And then I was like, well, this is only going to be for one season anyway. It's totally fine. And then, um, you know, they obviously they didn't get to the the World Series or whatever last year, but it was still a really great season. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go back to being a Red Sox fan next year. And then, you know, my husband would send me texts and he'd say, it's spring training starting, spring training. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I just, I think I'm going to stick with it. I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I don't think I want to go back to Red Sox fandom. I don't, I don't think I want to do it. I think I like the Yankees. I like the aesthetic. Did you know that they don't have their names on the back of their jerseys? They just have their numbers. Did you know that they can't have long hair? Like they've got all of these things. I just kind of like it. It's kind of fun. I don't know. I'm not going back. I'm I'm a Yankee fan right now. (sighs) I don't know what I'm doing. I had tickets to go see the Red Sox. A friend of mine um, sold us tickets, uh, had season tickets, and we we got the tickets and we were going to go. They weren't playing the Yankees. It was just a Red Sox game. And I was like, maybe this would rejuvenate me. Maybe this will make me have those feelings about going to Fenway when I was a kid. And I will just be like, that's it. I'm all in on the Red Sox again. What was I doing? I just had like a momentary lapse of reason. And I'm back to a Red Sox fan. And as fate would have it, I was sick and uh, could not go. And so I felt like that was a sign. And so I just don't think I can do it. So I think I'm going to just stick to being a Yankees fan this year. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, it's not like I have a jersey or anything like that. I only have Patrick Mahomes jerseys, by the way. That's it. My husband has a lot. I'm, not, I'm just going to do it. It's fine. I can be a Yankee fan around here. It's, it's not a problem. All right. Anyway, that's all that. I don't know how I talked about that for that long. Let's take a break. Uh, 508-996-0500. I'm Jess. I'll be right back after this. 1420 WBSM can now be heard on 99.5 FM. Now. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I was just distracted by something that I saw, of course, on Twitter, because that's where you can find everything. A teacher at um, Madison High School in Dallas, Texas, was pretending to assassinate President Trump in front of her students. Um, She's in a classroom. There's a... uh, a video of Trump on like a screen and this teacher, I'm going to try to play it. Hold on. I want to see if it goes through and she's got like a fake gun in her hand and she's like shooting at, hold on. Yeah. This woman is absolutely insane. What, what is, what is life? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Like, 
I just feel like it's time to like get rid of public school. <laughs> like it's just at, at one point, it, I guess it's not at one point. I guess it actually even ties into what we were talking about earlier. You know, there was a movement to get women out of the home and get them to work. This lib, this women's lib movement that, you know, empowered women to get out and get to work, which is just absolutely crazy because I think there's just so much honor in raising a family that I, I don't know why you would need to go work in a cubicle um, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I just get out, get out of your house and, and leave other people to raise your kid for what? I mean, maybe people that are going out and like, I don't know, doing something really satisfying, but I mean, whatever. Um, they get these women out of the houses and uh, you're both working and your kids are at home. Uh, they go to school for eight hours and then they come home and everybody's tired and uh, there's no connection and uh, people are on their phones and on TikTok and your kids are just getting all of this trash shoved down their throat every day at school. And then they come home and then they go on their phones and then they get a TikTok account. And as soon as they open it uh, and open a TikTok account, they start seeing the same old crap on their phones too. So it's it's almost just like get away, get away from it. I did this little thing. I was doing a, a report about something on TikTok at, at uh, Howie Carr and I was, you know, doing research before I got in and I was like, I wonder how what it is like when you open a TikTok. And my kids don't have TikTok now. My oldest daughter, I think, does. She's 22. But my other two kids, um, uh, maybe my stepson does. I'm not sure. Um, I don't necessarily govern all of that. But the, the two others that are in my home don't have TikTok. And so I opened a TikTok account um, as if I were my daughter's age, 14 years old. And... You open the account and it's just, I guess, like how it was when you first opened your Facebook account, which is a long time ago, or your Instagram account or your Twitter account. Like it just based on your demographic, before you put in any friends, before you like anything, just when you open the account and there's nothing there, it was within three seconds, um, something sexual popped up on the feed. Um, it was within, so I scrolled, so I opened the account as if I was a 14 year old girl. I used my zip code. Um, I put in my phone number, right? So, and that's it. I didn't like anything. I didn't check off any options or anything. It was just a 14 year old girl. Um, and I got a video of a girl getting sexually assaulted on a bus, uh, showed up in my feed. Um, uh, in my feed showed up a girl, um, that was talking about having sex with her boyfriend. This is within, I was only, I only had about five minutes to scroll through the, the feed. I don't know if that's what it's called. The feed on TikTok for like five minutes, because then I was jumping on the air. So it, it, it took me a few minutes to create the account I got on. And those were some of the very first things that I saw. So if you have a child that's 14 years old, she's a girl and she opens a TikTok account, I can tell you that that's what they're going to see first before they like anything or share anything. That's insane to me. 
that that's the first things that they see. And I've heard stories that as time goes on and, you know, you like a video or something, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Um, and, and how this started was there was like this research done that if you, you know, the children who were getting TikTok accounts in China were getting in their original feeds when they first opened their accounts, they were getting things about, you know, being obedient to your parents, doing well in school, doing chores after school. Like they were getting images and videos and context of of children that were high functioning, um, good families. Um, they had support systems. Like everything that they were seeing visually and hearing was positive. And then American children who were getting TikTok were getting the opposite. There was talk of body image problems, suicide, cutting, um, sex, uh, sexual things with other uh, kids and older people. And I just wanted to see for myself. And it was true. I mean, I challenge you as a parent, if you don't have TikTok to go open an account using the demographic of your child who's using TikTok and see exactly what would happen when you open and what you would see. Maybe it's just me. I'm, I know it's not. Um, but it just goes to show you that, you know, what this, this terrible uh, Chinese app has done is it is, really just given a second layer to, you know, what I consider abuse of our children by our public schools and the media. Um, and now these apps that are on their phones. I mean, we can take our, our, our kids' phones away. We can do that. Um, but, you know, let's face it, it's 2023. Um, phones and technology are part of our lives now. So it is what it is. But it, I'm telling you, if you've got a kid that's on TikTok right now, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. The The subtlety of which some of these things come across is so dangerous. Um, and this is what, so, and, and by the way, kids are on TikTok for hours at a time. It's addicting. My mom is 74 years old and she's, she's forced to retire now. She didn't want to because sure enough, after she got her COVID booster, she went into AFib and now she has uh, a heart issue. Never had one before has one now. And so that's it. She has to retire and she would work, but she, she can't. Um, she is home now all the time. She lives with me uh, and she's home all the time and she's on her phone. She's watching TV shows and things like that, but she's on her phone and she's on TikTok. And sometimes she's on TikTok for like hours at a time. She watches cooking videos, cat videos. I mean, the I guess the, dem the, 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 how do you do it? The algorithm for that demographic isn't going to be about suicide and things like that. But, you know, I guess they find things that'll keep 74 year old women on their phone on TikTok longer so they can be exposed to ads and things like that. I don't know. Maybe I have to do that as another like research and, and try every demographic. I wonder if I just, I wonder if I started a Twitter account for myself and I wonder what it would be like what I would see as a 47-year-old woman. Interesting. I should try that. Um, but if you have a kid, uh, and I don't know. I don't know what it would be like if you say you're a 10-year-old and you're on... If you, have a, if you have a child that's on TikTok at 10 years old, you should have your kids taken away from you. That's child abuse. It's ridiculous. Get them off of TikTok. It's so dangerous. And I didn't know. Let, let me be the one to have gone through the experience to tell you it is bad. It is no good. You don't want your kids on it. And, and out of principle, I don't want to be on it. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back after this.
Kristen. All right. Hi, besties. We've only got like a few minutes. I guess this goes by really fast. I don't know. And I feel like we didn't really talk about anything at all. Anyway, we were talking about TikTok. Don't don't let your kids go on TikTok. There are some like parent tools and, and things that you can um, like put restrictions on and stuff like that. Snapchat too is another one. You know, it, it, it has a tendency to be like a, a means of communication for kids. Um, you know, my son and my daughter, it's a challenge. They have it. Um, I have restrictions on it. So nobody in the public can see my, my kids accounts. So a rando can't send my kid a, a picture. Um, it only is somebody that they know. So it requires me going through, not necessarily my son, cause he does not care, but my daughter, you know, she has a lot of like people and then you have to go through it. So I have to, sometimes I go through it and I click on each person so far, so good. Nobody has sent anything, you know, inappropriate, but there's also just a lot of drama and stuff on there. And I mean, again, I don't have Snapchat either, but like, I guess you send something and it, it can disappear. It just sounds very dangerous to me. What kind, what do you want to disappear? I mean, it's very obvious. It's things that you don't want anybody knowing that you send. So Snap is, I, I have to look at their phones a lot anyway. I like want to authenticate my kids' messages. Somebody had sent something to me where it was like, you know, I'm, it's my child's privacy that I'm invading by going through their phones and stuff like that. I just like, we're, we're not of the same breed because I just don't believe my children have any right to privacy while they're children and they live in my house. Like you just don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like I have every right to go through your phone. I bought it. I pay for it. Um, you live in my house. I pay for that. I mean, you're my child until you're, I mean, my daughter's in college. Julie is graduating um, Saturday. Oh my gosh, Saturday. Um, you know, I don't have much control over what she does on her phone at this point. She's 22. She's going to be 23. I don't, I still have some control over what she does, you know, when she lives at my house and when she stays with us, when she's home from school, she's going to be living with, um, back home for two years. You know, I still say, you know, we have rules about what time you come home. We have rules about how you're getting places and driving, um, you know, cleaning her space and things like that. I, I still have some control and she's 22. She's a senior in college. Um, my younger kids that can't even drive or provide for themselves. Yes, I can go through their phone. A hundred percent. I have their passwords on their phone. At one point, my son changed his password. And while he was sleeping, I put his finger on the, the thing and, and opened the phone that way. Like, And then in the morning, I was like, I need your password. Like you can't, you don't have that privacy. And I think that's also the problem. Like I think parents just feel like for some reason they're convinced that they, they shouldn't see what their kids are doing. Um, I don't know why you have a responsibility to make sure not only that nothing is being said or done to your own child, but that they're not doing something wrong to another kid or someone else. You know, you need to make sure that your son's not sending pictures of his penis to some girl because that's like a crime. You know what I mean? Like you, I think maybe some people think, oh, well, you know, my kid, he would never, you know, be a victim to that. He's, he's more mature or whatever. Are you sure he's not doing that? Are you sure your daughter isn't sending pictures of her boobs to, you know, girls or uh, her friends or even a, a peer, a boy? And then that thing's going to get, you know, sent all over the place. It's just so dangerous. There's 
even a couple things. There's Instagram accounts in Somerset, and I wonder if other communities have them, but there are like these anonymous Instagram accounts where people can send in like drama and tea and they post it. Um, And that is also dangerous because then they drop kids' names and stuff. It's like social media is just, uh, especially for kids, it's tough. There's a lot you have to monitor, but if you're a parent and you have a kid, monitor their phone. I don't know what to tell you. TikTok is absolutely terrible. It's dangerous. I think that it's it's another layer of the Jap- the Chinese takeover of this country. First, it was you know COVID, then it was TikTok. I mean, they, they're basically just getting us from every every um, like like every vessel. You know what I mean? Like if I want to like really ruin a country. It's not bombs. It's this. It's it's the infiltration through their devices of influencing people. Um, and then, you know, y- you've got like the people in this country that are like a part of it with these schools. And I've never in my life ever felt the way I felt about public schools today as I, I mean, t- how I feel today, I've never felt that way. What's happening in school, I've never, and I've, I've had a daughter in school since 2000 and like, what, six? I've never felt this way. I don't trust it. And it's so secretive. You can't get in. They don't let you in the schools. I don't know if other schools have this issue. Like, but we can't get in. Like, there's no reason in a school year for me to come into a school during a school day. And granted, I'm a big proponent for school safety, but... I mean, how hard would it be to vet parents to allow them to come in and observe or volunteer? There has never been an opportunity for me in the past four or five years to go into my kid's school uh, during the school day. I mean, maybe an assembly or something that we've had to go through for sports or something like that. But we don't have access to schools the way that I did when my oldest daughter was in school. I used to go and read to my daughter's class once a week and the teacher would correct papers at the desk and I would read stories to the kids. I would, you know, help with lunch. I would um, be a playground monitor. Um, There was so many reasons and ways for me to get into a school. I don't see those things now at all. They've basically made it so that you can't go in so you can't see what's happening. They don't want you to see so that they can do this stuff. And then, you know, parents like myself and other parents that are like putting in records requests like Nicole Solis, um, who are saying, hey, I want to know what the context of uh, what you're teaching my kid in health is. You know, you're the crazy one. I hate it here. I don't. I love it here. But I'm going to complain about it every chance I get. You want to do this again tomorrow? Okay, besties. Um, Thanks for tuning into South Coast tonight. Uh, I'm Jess. I'm going to be filling in for Marcus and Chris tomorrow as well. Um, And then you can catch me. I won't be here this Saturday. My daughter's graduating. I don't know who's filling in. Or maybe we're doing a replay of Howie or Grace. Um, But no Jess Machado this.